Hello and welcome to Is It Me or Is It Them? This is a podcast for those of us who want to take responsibility for our half of our relationships and how we show up in our lives, but are tired of trying to clean up the mess on other people's side of the yard. This is for those of you who want to set boundaries without feeling like you're bulldozing anyone and who want harmony and closeness, but are tired of sacrificing yourself to get it. I'm April Boyd. I'm a psychotherapist, relationship expert, and couples counselor. And today I want to talk about the art and awkwardness of receiving support. One of the things that I hear from people a lot is that they feel really unsupported in their lives. They feel like they give a lot. They're always there for others. But when it comes to their own hard times or the really stress-filled days in their own lives, they're often left feeling like they're juggling it all on their own. And I've realized through many, many conversations that I've had with people about this that so many of us are not only not asking for support, but in fact, there's an automatic response of turning down support, even when it's offered. Let me know if any of this feels familiar. Do you ever catch yourself where somebody has offered to do something for you or help you out with something, and before you've even considered the idea of if this is something that you would like to say yes to, the words no, thanks, I'm good, are automatically already out of your mouth. I think this is something that we all do without even really realizing it so much of the time. I think a lot of us have really been raised to get really good at identifying what other people need and how to be supportive to other people, but we're really lacking the practice to be able to ask for and receive support from other people. And I get it. I think there's really three reasons of why we tend to block the support that we need and deserve. Even when we're going through really hard or really traumatic times in our lives, there can still be these habits of turning away from these offers of support. So one of the reasons is that I think we want to avoid disappointment. I remember talking to a client one time who was venting a bit about her stress and frustrations because she had just sold her house and was going to be moving into her new house across town. And she was overwhelmed and realizing that she had nowhere near enough help to help her get all the furniture and all the boxes from one place to the other. And as I started asking her questions about that, what she finally came to realize and say out loud was that she did not want to ask people because she did not want to have to deal with feeling disappointed if they said no and didn't show up for her. She was more comfortable slogging her way through this really difficult move with just a couple close people to help her out than risking the potential feeling of hurt and rejection by asking for more support, even from the people that she had done numerous favors for in the past that, you know, probably would have liked to reciprocate for her. 
for her, she did not want to risk getting let down. And I think a lot of people can relate to that. The other thing that happens is we want to avoid being indebted to somebody. And it's like, basically, if you notice yourself always feeling the need to reciprocate, always feeling the need to kind of give back when somebody is given to you, you might want to check in and notice, are you being generous or are you being self-protective? When we do this thing of trying to make sure that we're really squared up with people, part of that might be that we're trying to make sure we're being really respectful and taking care of that relationship. But the other thing that we might be doing is just avoiding feeling like we're indebted to somebody, feeling like that now somehow we might be under control of that person or that we might not be able to say yes or no if they were to come and ask us for something down the road that we didn't want to do. So just check in and notice if that feels familiar to you. And the really big reason why I think a lot of us have such a hard time with this stuff is we really don't want to make ourselves vulnerable. It is super vulnerable to say yes to support and even more so to ask for it. I think the thing that we often are trying to do is to save ourselves from this dreaded and terrifying experience that we might say yes to an offer of support and then realize that that person had been secretly thinking in their head the whole time that, ugh, I don't want to be doing this. I'm resenting doing this. She should have just been able to do this her own self or worse yet, actually says those things out loud to a third party. So we say no and we back away from asking for support, often because we don't want to risk that we could be judged. But here's the thing I want you to think about. When you turn down offers of support or don't let people know that you need it, you are actually blocking opportunity for connection and the ability to build that relationship. Think about the times when you have offered support to other people in your life. You've genuinely wanted to be there for them. You've wanted to help them out. You wanted to show them that you care. You want to help make the load a little bit lighter for them to carry. And sometimes it actually feels kind of crappy when the person doesn't allow you to give to them because we want to for the people that matter in our lives or the people that we're wanting to build relationship with or invest in, we want to be able to help take care of them. But so often without even realizing it, we are blocking those offers of support. And if you're going through a really hard time in your life or have experienced a loss or some form of tragedy or heartbreak, then It can be so difficult because you have no choice but to need a lot of support. And it's such a lonely experience to go through things like grief and loss on your own and simultaneously still so very vulnerable to receive it. So for a lot of us in those positions, it's kind of like you're thrown into such depth of need such depth of needing support, needing care, being completely overwhelmed. And yet 
we have no kind of pre-existing map or tools to help make it safer to receive, even in the depths of our darkest moments. So I was thinking a bit about a client that I had talked to a while back, and she was sharing with me about how the anniversary of her lost little baby was coming up. And as we talked about this, it became clear that she was already bracing herself for feeling let down and feeling disappointed by her friends. When we kind of dug into it, what she was able to share was that her biggest fear was that no one was going to say or acknowledge anything about her lost little son on this day, on this day that was really special and of course still really heartbreaking for her. So what we kind of looked at was really these three steps that would help her to get the support that she really needed and absolutely deserved. But these three steps really apply to every and any situation. So see how this fits into whatever that situation is in your life where you might be craving and needing a little more support and a little more care and a little more of your own turn to receive. So the first thing that we looked at was identifying what it was that she actually needed. So very many people, when I ask them this question of what kind of support would you actually like, don't know. We don't know. And this is incredibly common. This comes up so many times. I cannot even tell you how many times it's come up where somebody has said, you know, basically, here's my frustrations of the support that I'm not getting. And I've said, so what kind of support would you like instead? And there's really just silence. And I totally get it because most of us are so conditioned to be hyper aware of what other people need that sometimes we're really not even used to looking into that landscape of our own selves to say, what is it that would make me feel supported? What would I like to be getting from my friends and family right now during this hard time in my life? So see if you can just check in on that now. The other thing that's really important to notice here is that other people cannot read your mind. So you actually have to do your own work first. You have to really practice this check-in. And often this starts with saying, okay, I know what I don't want. So if you know what you don't want, then the extension of that, the flip side of that coin becomes a whole lot easier to identify what you do want. So for this particular woman, she knew that she did not want silence from her friends. She did not want this day to pass just like any other day on the calendar. And she didn't want to be alone. So when I asked her, what would you like this to look instead? She was able to give herself a bit of permission and a bit of space to even just get that picture in her mind. What would the opposite of being alone and silent look like? And the picture that she was able to come up with was that she really wanted to just have a few of her close trusted friends over for a small gathering of dinner. 
She wanted to make a dinner and host these people in her home as celebration of her lost little one. So then the next thing is identify your safe people. Once you've got clear on what you want, when you think about the people around you, I think it's fair to say not everybody is a safe person to ask for support, right? And this is part of what I think we get a bit lost on in some ways with, um, you know, this field of work is we sometimes set up this expectation that, you know, all you have to do is just ask for what you want and then you're going to get it. People are going to step up and meet that need with you. But we kind of know at that gut level, that's not always going to work. And I think that's one of the things that holds us back. So this is a really important step. Who are your safe people that you know at that gut level would show up for you? That would, as long as they're available and able to, are safe people that would probably say yes. Who are the people who you feel safer that they're not actually going to hold it against you in some way? And so what we're talking about is really just gentle measured risks, right? Just starting to reach out where it feels a bit safer to do so. So for this woman, really the people that she pictured there were kind of her closest, nearest, and dearest, right? She just wanted this intimate circle where she wouldn't have to protect, you know, herself emotionally from any further kind of rejection or weirdness or, you know, from other people in those moments. She wanted safe people that would help you know, honor this day with her. So the third step is that you need to make a very specific request. So this woman's specific request sounded like, I'm having people over Friday night for dinner for 8 p.m. to mark what would have been my son's first birthday. It would really mean a lot to me if you could be there. Simple, short, sweet, done. What often goes wrong with this part is we think we're making requests for supports, but what we're actually doing is making general statements or hints. And people don't get that. So often I've talked to um, women and what they've shared with me is that they're kind of frustrated because their husbands are not helping enough at home. They're not really doing their fair share. And so as I was speaking to one woman, you know, she was really tired, really frustrated, and was getting really resentful about this. And as we looked at it, she would make really general complaints and requests to him. She would say, I need more help around here. And he would be like, okay, sure, I'm going to help more around here. So he'd, you know, tidy up a couple things, maybe make dinner, maybe do a couple other things. And in his mind, he was doing more. So it was completely confusing to him why she was still frustrated and why she was still annoyed with him. And then he kind of understandably stepped into this position of, well, nothing I do makes her happy anyway, so why should I bother? But really, again, as we looked at it, the support that she actually needed was she needed him to help with the kid's bedtime routine more. That was one area that she was feeling most frustrated and most resentful as she was trying to gather up all the kids to get ready for the bedtime and get ready for the next day. That was a really busy time in their house. And without really 
knowing what she needed from him, he would kind of just retreat and stay out of her way when that was actually the time that she needed him to be leaning in and doing more. And when she was able to say, here specifically is what I need from you, then he was able to give her what she wanted instead of just trying to read her mind and guess wrong, which is what we're so often doing in our relationships with each other. If you leave it up to people to guess or pick up on your hints or read your mind, you're going to be left feeling unsupported. So when you think about the situation in your life that you would love to have a bit more support from, who would those people be that you would love to receive that support from? What specifically is it that you would like from them? You can't just say more support. You can't just say more help. No one knows what that means. <laughs> you have to do that part of your work yourself and then make a simple, short, and specific request. So I'd love to know how that works out for you. Let me know. And if you know someone who would benefit from hearing this, then I would love it if you shared it with them. And it would also mean a lot to me if you left a review that helps me get this podcast out to the ears of more people. And I can't wait to chat with you again next week. All right. Thanks for listening. I'll see you next time.